Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 10 of season 3 of This Osteopathic Life. Here we are already 11 days into April in 2021. And what I'd like to bring through today, what has presented itself here today, is the concept of reflection. And as with most concepts as they present themselves for the podcast, I marvel at all the different ways this emerges. And reflection in and of itself has that capacity, right, to see ourselves back. I'm actually sitting across from a mirror right now as I record this. And for many of us, In the virtual world in 2020 and 2021, we spent a lot more time looking at ourselves. If you've been on these calls, right, there's a screen of you looking back at you when you're in that. And you can block it. There are options when you can hide that within the program itself. I often will drag my notes that I'm taking on my computer up and over my own image so that I am really seeing the other person as I would in a conversation. But what of seeing ourselves and how do we respond when we are faced with our own reflection, be that in a mirror or from the camera, reflecting our image back to us on the screen? And how does that influence the way in which we interact versus when we are seated in a room and we're looking at the other person, is there still a reflection of us through their response to us, through their own vision? noticing their body language, noticing the mirroring that often happens. We notice that if someone crosses their arms, we might do the same. If someone leans in, we will mirror that. We will reflect what they are doing back to us. But it's a fascinating time to think about that and to think about the distinction of reflecting back the whole face you know, and then seeing in person only a portion of the face when the rest is obstructed by a mask. And I am currently actually at a conference at a meeting, a limited capacity, but still a larger gathering than I have been in in the entirety of the past year and a month or so. And it's interesting because some people I have originally met via Zoom and seen their whole face, but not their whole body, not seeing them standing, not have a sense of their height or their style of movement. If you think about it, if you envision people with whom you interact, can you see what their walk looks like? Do you notice how they carry themselves? Can you tune into their posture and see the different ways you know and recognize them versus those you might see only in that cube in the head and shoulders version of them via Zoom? And I really didn't recognize this person because of that shift. My brain had programmed seeing her in Zoom, so full face, but only up to the shoulders and not in the context really of much movement. And then to see her in person standing with the mask in place was totally different. 
It didn't compute that that was the same person. And I'm so curious how that will continue to emerge and evolve as we do meet with one another and make those interactions. That is a bit of a divergence, but it also segues into where we are with the concept of reflection. So let's visit for a moment some of the different definitions of reflection, and a few of these really surprised me. And let's just go through them in the order that they appear and notice what emerges. So first we have reflection as the throwing back by a body or surface of light, heat or sound without absorbing it. And just thinking about that, just giving it back to you and not taking any of that energy in, does that happen in these exchanges that we have? Does that happen when we are interacting with one another in person or virtually? Do we reflect back without absorbing? Or is there some absorbing that's happening there? And perhaps that's the difference, the difference when it is that mirror, that flat surface, and when it is the camera, what energy is being absorbed and brought back into that. And when our reflection comes from sitting across from another person, there's some absorption happening. There's some energetic exchange that's happening there. Thinking about reflection as an image seen in a mirror or shiny surface. Right, and that one seems a little more straightforward, the way in which we might think about reflection. But noticing as well, right, your reflection looks different to you in the mirror versus when you see a photo of yourself. Right, there's some inversion there, and there's some shifting of how you see your face, and things can look different to you. Thinking about what shiny surfaces offer back your reflection, and if they do so with clarity and accuracy, or if there is some distortion or clouding that happens, depending on the surface. What surfaces do you choose? Do you want the clear picture? Do you like a bit of clouding, of matte finish, of a little bit of gray smokescreen opportunity at times? I happened to be in my childhood home recently, and the proofs from my senior photos were there. And first of all, I can't even imagine what the overhead might have been because they were in leather, probably pleather, but in any case, right, in an upholstered case, there were two of them, and the actual photos printed in high-quality photo paper were in there in maybe a 3 by 5 size, 4 by 6 um, depending on the different shots, and they were not touched up, right? And I happen to have a significant blemish, not totally unusual, as in the summertime, as a teenager running all the time, right? And I remember, right, thinking, this is terrible. Like, how much does it choose from these? Because that's all you see, right? You see reflected back at you this imperfection on the picture. But, right, through the magic of even the historical uh, photography world, they touched that up. And so in my senior pictures, I did not have that blemish. And actually, interestingly, I also had a mole on my face. And they took that off as well. And that was interesting because that was a relatively permanent part of me. And they opted to remove that. Now, down the road, that has actually been surgically excised. And so perhaps it was a reflective premonition that that took place. But so interesting that without my permission, 
right? The photographer and the photography company decided, right, that it would be preferable to have that removed. And while I fully support the omission of the temporary blemish, to omit a permanent part of someone's features is very curious. And I think about our own comfort level with that, and we could think about how psychologically did that influence the future plan? Because for the first time in that picture, which was a reflection of me, but an altered one, I saw my face without that mole that had been there for many years. And I had never really had a problem with it. But what might happen, right, when the image of the absence of it is planted? And it was many years down the road that that transition of having that taken off happened. But noticing where the seeds might have been planted. A reflection is a thing that is a consequence of or arises from something else. And so interesting, I'm going to read the sample uh, example for this definition, given the last thing we just said, and a word that comes up often in this Osteopathic Life's podcast and any materials, really. A healthy skin is a reflection of good health in general. So fascinating, right? Just on that last example, but also here thinking about reflections of good health. Of course, this is the example that comes through here, right? We're here for the health of all things. And what are some reflections of good health, right? Do we see that in our mood? Can our mood be a reflection of good health in our actions? Can they be a reflection of good health of our relationships? Do we see a reflection of our health there, of our purpose and promise and potential? How are those reflections of our overall good health or guiding us, right? When our health isn't being reflected fully, right? We can think about all the different angles and back to the childhood home. It's come up a few times recently, but we'll just go with it. In the bathroom where that scale happens to be in an update, my weight was three pounds lighter this past time I was there. I happened to be there in close proximity and it tells us, right? How big the fluctuations can be but I digress. In that bathroom, there are two mirrors and one is static. It's fixed to the wall and one is open, openable. It's the door to a medicine cabinet above the sink. And so in order to see the back of your hair, right? So if you were curling or braiding your hair, which is a relatively rare occurrence, but not totally absent from practices, you could open the mirror and you had to open it a hand's width. So thumb to pinky width was how wide you needed it to get the right angle to see yourself in that mirror, right? And if it went too far or didn't go far enough, you wouldn't get the full view. So reflection is influenced by position and by relationship and by angles. And so noticing if you're not seeing the reflection you want, it doesn't mean that whatever it is you're looking for within you, of you, on you, isn't there, it might simply mean that you aren't at the right angle. You're not in the right relationship to the surface into which you are looking to see that aspect of yourself. Now, join me for this next one. Interesting here, and I often, to be honest, don't think about this when I think of reflection, but interesting to see it and interesting again to note the connotation and the potential impact, just like seeing that reflection of myself on a photograph and how that set into play some future cascading events. Think about if reflection carries this potential meaning, the influence that it can have. 
a thing bringing discredit to someone or something. And I'll read this here as well. Not quite as powerful, perhaps, as health, but we never know. Maybe it will be powerful for you. It was a sad reflection on society that because of his affliction, he was picked on. And absolutely, yes. Right, look at the power in that. And we could think about some significant examples in the public eye of key leading people. Right, sad reflection on society that because of his affliction, he was picked on. And just take that example. Right, and what is the reflection on us of how we do treat one another? Now, let me share with you on this recent drive I did to arrive at this course, you know, avoiding public transportation and mitigating contact as much as possible. I read the book Cast The Origins of Our Discontent by Isabel Wilkerson. And I should say, via audio book right on the drive. And it was one of the more painful experiences of reading a book, visceral. I felt that book, right? The words and the concepts and the shared experiences and the clarified history hit me, right? Literally felt like being struck in the chest and in the gut. And this deepened awareness of how much work there is to do, how much we don't face up to, right? That we don't reflect upon what the reflection is on our society based on our history. Looking at that, seeing how others saw the reflection of our country and used that as motivation to engage in egregious acts. And so in that, there is a reflection in the way this most recent definition is brought through, right? And the current state of affairs in our country is a reflection on the history, on the foundation. There's this sense that we are somehow in this new place that we don't recognize in a country that we would never expect to be the way that it is right now, which is by and large a misnomer, None of this should be surprising because none of it is inconsistent with our history. And there's double negatives in there. But noticing this reflection moment. So I highly recommend that book. Do be prepared, but don't let that stop you from listening to it. And I say this to those who are not directly impacted by the caste system as it exists in this country. Right? Absolutely. If you need space to process that for those who are, yes. And hopefully all of us can get to a point where we can read this, internalize it, reflect upon it, and decide what reflection we would like there to be of our country. What can be from this point forward, right? What angle can we take with the mirrors we have available to see what we do imagine, right? So if we're surprised by the current state of affairs, what are we expecting? What do we want that reflection to look like? And how can we actually work toward that? And not a game of hall of mirrors of just finding the right angles to avoid seeing it, but actually doing the work so that a straight on view can reflect that which we are actually expecting of ourselves. And so this one leads into reflection definition of serious thought or consideration. So sharing my response to the reading of that book is a reflection on that. And if ever there was a tool for reflection, it is the road trip, right? And the many miles of straight roads and, you know, 
going from point to point, knowing where you're headed, that return trip home, which is pending for me in another day or so here, when you don't have that anticipation of the destination, but the sense of you're the end of a time away, reintegration into your home life, there's so much space for reflection. And consideration would be a synonym for that word. And I would say is one of the words I use most in coaching practice, in medical practice, in conversation with my children, consider. Just look at the opening that comes from that word. It's not telling someone to do something. It's not being so directive. It's not saying this is the only way. But offering consider, I would say, is one of my more favorite words, along with curiosity, which is a partner in a way in that space. And both start with C. And C words do hold a lot of clout. Interesting. Third letter in the alphabet. It's a good number. We can look at that as well. Reflection. An idea about something, especially one that is written down or expressed. So we could say that these episodes, and I believe as I was going through, this might be episode 122. Kind of a nice number. These are reflections, right? They're ideas that are expressed. Blogs are reflections, right? My pending book, hopefully coming soon (laughs) to a publication space near you, would be a written down reflection. I have sent, looking at round numbers, 100 daily emails that are reflections since the beginning of the year, which also means, right, today's the 101st day of the year. Fascinating. Now, here's one we can get into. I'm just going to read it and let you reflect on it. A mathematics definition of reflection, the conceptual operation of inverting a system or event with respect to a plane, each element being transferred perpendicularly through the plane to a point the same distance the other side of it. I'm just picturing that T-shape, picturing it in a multidimensional space coming at you off the page, just seeing the many different ways we can engage with reflection. Another that was up here, and I'll embrace this one for its relationship to my happy place. Reflection is the change in direction of a wave front at the interface between two different media so that the wave front returns into the medium from which it originated. Common examples include the reflection of light, sound, and water waves. And if you've joined me for my one-minute meditations on This Osteopathic Life on Instagram or on my personal page on Facebook, it's often at the surface of water and seeing where those waveforms change directions. They come together and then they move apart. And just seeing that reflection point, that change in direction, because our energy, our momentum has come up against something else. And then it moves away, right, based on that force that it encounters. So as you process those different concepts around reflection, what sticks out to you? What do you hear in there? What speaks to you? Now, I would be remiss if I didn't, in an episode, in a reflection about reflection, bring in the song Reflection, right, by Christina Aguilera in the movie Mulan, which I was just posed the question by my daughter, what is my favorite movie? And I said, Princess Bride. 
totally holds true. And what I love, ooh, this is a beautiful, unexpected reflection moment. On the cover of the more recent DVD, probably within the last five to 10 years, I'd have to look specifically, the cover is Princess Bride, and it's written in script and cursive, and it's written continuously, and it's written as an invertible palindrome, right? It's a reflection of itself. And I'll see if I can get that image up into the show notes, but do look it up, right? Just Google Princess Bride DVD case and look at it, right? And notice Princess Bride. And would you even think that those two words could even become a palindrome in any way? But the way in which the artist of that cover wrote it was so that, right? They came together and the reflection of itself was itself. And so in the question around my favorite movie, I had said Mulan is my favorite Disney movie in the past. And so when I answered the question, what was my favorite movie with Princess Bride? My daughter said, wait, I thought it was Mulan. And I said, well, that one is my favorite Disney movie. But I would have to say Princess Bride outranks it on the list. We do have to pick a winner sometimes. But it doesn't detract from my love of Mulan for many reasons. The message, right, the power of Mulan, the bravery, the reflection right of what she is and what she can be and the engagement the integration the cooperation that happens within there but also for the songs right songs by songs by songs so good throughout and if you haven't heard it please listen and I will put the link in the show notes but let me read for you a few of the lines from this song one she says I am now in a world where I have to hide my heart and what I believe in. And noticing that, right, that's not being allowed to have your reflection truly show who you are. And how often or when do we find ourselves in that space right, where she has to avoid the mirrors? Right? She is being other than who she is in order to serve a purpose, protect her father, serve her country, all these different reasons. And it requires a shift in her reflection. She has to hide who she is in order to do that. And how often is that the case? Or at least, how often do we think that's the case? Who I am isn't good enough. Who I am isn't the right person. Who I am won't match up to the expectations. Someone else would be better suited for this. Let me try to emulate this other person rather than just be me. And what's the impact of that? What is the cost? And there's no problem with emulation. There's no problem with taking on different identities for a time, right? For an extended interval, it can be really exhausting. And that can be even more so the case for those who don't feel comfortable in their own skin, right? So even if they wanted to simply be them, in the space, it doesn't feel like a match. And so just noticing that and how reflection can be challenging because if you look in the mirror and you don't see who you know yourself to be, what is the challenge there? If you look in the mirror and you see who everyone else sees and you don't believe that to be adequate, right? what's the impact of that? But somehow I will show the world what's inside my heart and be loved for who I am. So the hope in there and the potential that 
the reflection of the true self, right? The self we know ourselves to be, the one if we really tune in, we can say, of course, you're the right person for this. And of course, you're enough. You're you, right? You're 100% worthy and lovable. You are health waiting to be expressed. And being you doesn't require you to do anything other than be you more fully, to step into yourself, to welcome yourself, to love yourself, and to own that worthiness. And seeing how that reflection requires us, right, to angle that mirror inward often to begin in order to offer that outward to the world. So here we become uh, invited into the reflection, right, the reverberation in this song. Who is that girl I see staring straight back at me? Why is my reflection someone I don't know? And so that puzzling experience there. Must I pretend that I'm someone else for all time? When will my reflection show who I am inside? And seeing that powerful space. And so when has your reflection shown who you are inside? When has the opinion you provided, right? The thoughts you had on an experience been a true and accurate reflection of who you are inside? When is the consequence, right? That reflection, just like we saw, right? The reflections of health truly been accurate. When have you been able to let that shine through? In what surface, right? I mean, you can think about that as an interaction with another person. With what person do you see your reflection come back to you just as you imagine it to be, just as you know it to be? Maybe it's in a certain situation, right? What space, what location, what group, what context, what institution with whom you interact, with which you interact, allows you to see and be fully yourself, noticing how reflection shows up in those spaces, And noticing when the reflection is that discredit. And so when has your reflection been a discredit to who you are? And oftentimes it's in an incongruence. And to be clear, this isn't a blame situation. This is an opportunity to say, oh, when I presented myself that way, or when I got that feedback, right? When in this situation with this group of people, with this role that I was assigned, that reflection didn't match who I was. And that can be so informative. It doesn't have to be a problem with you or with the situation. It might just be the wrong angle of those mirrors. And you're meant to be in a different space. And so as we come around to that, right, that's the question that comes through. There's a heart that must be free to fly, that burns with the need to know the reason why. Why must we all conceal what we think, how we feel? And there, boom, right? Think and feel, putting those together. And I spend so much time with those concepts. What are our thoughts and what are the feelings that they're creating? And how often are we unwilling to reflect on those, right? And my hand is raised so often. It's so many feelings didn't match what I thought was the reflection of a good doctor or the right kind of parent or a stoic citizen, I've shared with you working on 
bringing in the joy to this space. And I've had inspiration and reflection on one of the breakout sessions in this course. The teacher, Dr. Donald Hankinson, shared this concept around joy and stillness. And he said it. And I was the patient on the table at that time. And I said, oh, that's so great. Right? That's what I needed. That spoke to me. And I'm pretty good at remembering details, but following the treatment. And then I was the physician. Right? I was the operator of the treatment. And then we got back to the tables. And I knew the words. I didn't know the right order of them. And I walked up to Dr. Hankinson and I said, could you just go over with me that statement you said about joy and stillness? And he looked back at me and said, I don't know, right? I know I said something, but I said whatever I said in the moment, right? And that happens. When we reflect on something, we don't always see it exactly as it was. And that doesn't have to mean we have forgotten it or that it wasn't meaningful or it wasn't memorable, but that it was of that moment. And so I just sat and held the words and I'm just picturing right now holding them in my cupped hands, but I held them in my mind, in my attention, in my heart. I reflected on them and I saw them emerge in a new way. I knew, even though I didn't know the exact order of the words, I knew the order that was now revealing itself was not the original order, but it was the order that was meant to come through in that moment. And so I welcomed them. I listened in and they offered themselves in that moment in a new way, right? their reflection, the new angle, the new mirror, which was showing them back to me offered this, the power of stillness is grounded in joy. And I paired this with the picture of a person jumping on the shoreline. You can see the reflection actually of the wave forms in this picture. You can see the reflection of the sky on the water. You can see the reflection of the person who is elevated, jumping above the surface of the water. And what's so powerful for me here is to see the word grounded because I've had this, I want to say fear of joy. It's being too effervescent, too fragile, too temporary. And instead seeing grounded in there in stillness, but then also noticing, right? Water is rarely still. We actually seek to not have still water, I'm not talking about sparkling versus still, but stagnant in that way. But there can be stillness, right? Thinking about that reflection moment as the waves come together or as the wave makes its way to the shoreline and then turns to go back. There's a pause, right? There are moments of stillness all throughout that experience. And that joy and stillness bring both. Because for many years, I sought the stillness, right? In the way of kind, calm, peaceful. of not having contention or conflict, And what happened was that cost me joy. But to see them partnered, right? The power of stillness is grounded in joy. And actually true stillness and the potency that's in there emerges with, from, because of joy, right? And the book of joy is a perfect illustration of that. Two fantastic individuals coming together, right? And bringing both the capacity for stillness and the, terrific capacity for joy. And those, my friends, are the reflections on the concept of reflection. And I encourage us all to take up the task as Muon did and see if we can honor these final words of the song. 
I won't pretend that I'm someone else for all time. And here we're invited to answer the question. When will my reflection show who I am inside? And I encourage you to lean in even a little more and say, when does it already? When has it in the past? How can I contribute? What angle can I hold the mirror to truly honor and offer a reflection of who it is I know myself to be? And how even can that reflection help you to know who it is that you are? Thank you for joining me for this episode and for all of the reflections these 122 times. I so appreciate what you bring to this experience and I look forward to joining you again next week. This is Dr. Millie Behe with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to receive the daily email through Live Inconceivable, I'll put the link in the show notes. You simply subscribe and each day you'll receive an email with a reflection on a concept through the theme of the month. April is Inconceivable Opportunity. We talk about creating space, noticing openings, and accepting invitation. I'd love to have you join me there, just as you join me here for this expression of a reflection. Thank you.